When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. to the Challenge USA to wrap up podcast for episode nine. I am Brian Tone. Good to be, as always, is my co-host, Alash Ali. Hi, Brian, I am doing medium well. <laughs> I didn't mean to give like a steak temperature, but... Um, I hope that's not how you have your steak, because I don't know if we can see this podcast. <laughs> no, certainly not. I'm too much of okay. a hardo for that, but <laughs> uh, yeah, even if I preferred it. Um... I am, as we talked about a little bit before we got through a tech hurdle today, I am for the first time in a year using a proper microphone for this podcast. So I'm sure it sounds like shit, but I'm just happy to be one step closer to a legitimate operation over here. Love it. We're, we're building uh, we're building progress over here. One step at a time. Yeah. But if you ever want to do a video podcast, because you're the only barrier to that. Uh, I will still use my aviation style headset that I got on your recommendation and we can be two airline pilots. <laughs> Wait, I'm the barrier. I don't think I don't want that on the record. I feel like it's very mutual about the about the video performance here. I don't want Brian. Let's do video. I don't think that's accurate. I don't want this is like turning into Chris a little bit going around telling you <laughs> yeah. those stories. And I'm calling BS on this because that is not the way this was went down. In fairness. Yes. Like, in, in theory, we don't have our like usual audience here because maybe we have more Big Brother Survivor fans. So fair to clarify. I think anybody who knows us at all via this podcast knows that that was said in jest. <laughs> okay. Just making sure. I don't want Michaela coming after me if she gets put to bed and be like, oh, see, Brian's being all sketchy. So I want to make sure. We're good. Yeah, respectfully, I also don't want to do a video podcast. But for the bit, I love a bit. And we do have matching obnoxious airline style headgear but anyway this isn't about uh the tech We're, we've never been a technology podcast right how are no, you doing certainly not i'm doing good um it's fun we only have one episode to talk about i know 
that we talked about that last week, but we got one episode and I thought it was a really good one. We really haven't had like a messy strategic episode in a while. Um, so this is, this was a fun one. I almost feel like we haven't had a strategic episode like this in like seasons. <laughs> like I obviously like Scally and Matt can correct that, but it feels like it, it really did feel like for the first time, certainly this season where we're not even seeing how people are voting. We're mm-hmm. really getting everyone to talk about Chris. <laughs> we need to talk about Chris. Yes. Um, but from a strategic perspective, not like the Michelle or Amber of like, we just don't like this person and we don't understand why. Like we really were shown and not just told that Chris is, has a less than desirable social strategy. Yeah. You know, I wonder, obviously they are able to suss out like when people when they're on the teams who was flipping and like when the numbers weren't adding up, but I do wonder how much dialogue and how much is known after each elimination of like, all right, what was the vote count? Like who, not what the was like, who voted for who, what was like, well, let's do the audit. Like, all right, who was the one vote here for bananas? Who did that? Who was the one vote for Lisa? I would love to know how much of that is discussed after the fact or if people or not opting, or not copping to it, or are they playing the seekers trying to throw other people in the bus. I feel like that is a part of the season that we're not seeing really play out. It's like how people are deciphering who's voting for who. Yeah, agreed. Occasionally, you've gotten a taste of like, why is my name popping up, or like, you know, uh, Dusty going off on Tiffany when like it was incorrect or something. So like, I have to. I don't have to. I should trust that if anything were to sort of be consequential. If so, if bananas really cares next week about figuring out who threw a vote onto him this week, we'll see it, but Mm -hmm. it is frustrating as the um, crack team of analysts that we are, that we don't get that information. Yeah, because obviously we know we're seeing it play out like the survivor versus big brother, but like, is that actually how the the voting is going or are people trying to play a little bit more selfishly a little bit I, I would you know I would have loved to see that play out a little bit more on the show that would have been a lot more, a lot of fun to see but like you said I guess if it was interesting they would be showing it so maybe it is just not that interesting can I ask you a question that's going to take us out of our usual routine but it's it's sort of the number one issue or question at the top of my mind after this episode mm. um, and it relates to the voting so Josh G actually asked us this um, why have the survivors seemingly given up on going after the vets ever since Amanda left but really, gen- that and generally, is the secret voting failing? Because with the exception of like, oh, a Cassidy West little like vote here and there, we are not really seeing people take advantage of presumably the intention of like throwing balls on people in your alliance who are going to beat you in the final, i.e. the vets. Yeah, we haven't seen that that much. Um, but is it failing? I don't think it is because I think it it hasn't allowed a big group to form. I think if there was open voting and like like whoever's majority is going in, I think we would just be seeing kind of the open vet steamroll, and we would just see a lot of them going in. I think the fact that there is this split that you can't even guarantee a vet going in or having the matchup you want, it has forced survivor and big brother to like all right we can't just do this every single week because of course well we can't even guarantee it so like it's not even worth it so it has forced people to try to like open up the different avenues i don't think it's smart that they've completely given up going after the vets but it it has forced them to have to explore other avenues no it's fair i guess i'm just surprised this sort of late in the game especially as we've reached the individual game that you know we're not just seeing like, if I felt comfortable 
if I felt like I was in a good position, I would burn on like Tori every single week. <laughs> if I wasn't like one of the two, the, the woman going in, if I was mm-hmm. a woman like in this game, I, I just, I know she's been safe. So like Desi or whoever you think yeah. the next like physical person is. And I'm just surprised with the exception of whoever voted for bananas that we're not seeing that as like, yes, I want the numbers. Yes. Survivor, big brother. And maybe I'm just being short-sighted, but like, they it, it's what we say every season like they can't possibly think they have a chance if bananas makes it to the end and west and festival and tory like they're going to lose well maybe that points to maybe our people maybe people are being honest about who they vote for each week and if you know everyone's being honest except for two people and the two lone votes are one on bananas one on tory then it's pretty easy to suss out who those people were and then it just kind of creates a new target and a new focus of, of people and they don't want that so maybe that maybe people are actually being honest about who they're voting for ew no, I, I, it's true. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. I think maybe next week we've seen, you know, not to get ahead of ourselves, but mm-hmm. potentially maybe some people are focusing more on some bigger targets. But I have to say, and I'm going to immediately undermine my like what I'm about to say by even saying it. But the fact that I'm like now tethered to my computer again, I can't walk around. I can't get what I feel like. Who am I like, like level setting just with an overall question? I'm so professional. I'm shook having this microphone back. Real press. <laughs> no you're real press how have those been good we haven't really talked week to week about your like takeaways from your exit interviews i mean people should be listening to them but uh what's midway through the season like how are you feeling yeah. about being press it's fun being press um the last time behind the scenes like they have like a specific zoom link people go on i guess to join in and normally when you go on like they hold you behind the scenes before you like push push forward for some reason, I guess maybe they had like someone was on PTO, but someone else was doing it. And I just kept like joining like a few minutes before because, you know, tar- you know, I don't want to be tardy. And yes. I just kept, I kept joining the person before me's call. And it was just like very awkward. Luckily, my camera was like not on until like I, on, but like I keep popping in and some like random dude is interviewing Monty. I'm like, oh crap, exit. So that is, that was funny. But all in all, they've been good. I mean, no offense to the people that we've spoken to recently because like, we didn't get to talk, talk to Tiffany. Hasn't been the most compelling people with Monty and Dusty being the last couple that we spoke to. So I know we didn't get to speak to Amanda, which was, was, was a bummer. So I don't think there's been a lot of groundbreaking revelations being because yeah, I think it's the people that we're speaking to aren't the groundbreaking type. And I think that's, let's shift the narrative a little bit while we're pressed. Okay. How about they on the show haven't been the driving decision makers or the characters? No, that's what it is. They're not the, they're not the big characters. They're not the ones that are driving this. Like all of a sudden if Michaela gets knocked out or if Desi gets knocked out or if Michelle gets knocked out or if Fessel gets knocked out or if Corey gets knocked, like people that are more involved in stuff, there would be a lot more to discuss. And it's not surprising because those are the people that are safe. So those are the people that are driving things. So it's not surprising that the people that are being eliminated are the people that are not the decision makers that's one takeaway i've had from this whole fantasy world we're involved in here through the podcast is like the people that i've met who have done reality tv who have been eliminated early bryce comes to mind franny comes to mind like are some of the most charismatic entertaining people in the world so it's like of the school of people who would get cast on a reality show Mm -hmm. like you're still like above the 90th percentile of like entertaining and charismatic and what and kooky or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, so to be like not the driver of the story on this show is like, well, it's like a one in a million shot to rise above like all yeah. of these like ridiculous people would be cast anyway. Totally. But don't get me wrong, it, it is very fun to, you know, 
feel like press and be like, all right, you know, Rob and Brian here from Rob as a podcast. It is very fun. Is oh, very people fun. are getting you wrong, but people are not going to get me wrong. How about that? <laughs> but I mean, I'm saying, and, and of course, I don't have to come up with questions for these people. Like I get to right. sit here and be like, everyone's so amazing. Right. And oh, I yeah. don't even show up. <laughs> I, just, I, like the, I just wish I had like one hour to talk with John A because she was, that was fantastic. I would love to have more time with her. But maybe you have this platform. People. It could be arranged. Go That's do a true. one hour <laughs> interview with her. The Brian Cohen show coming your way. Um, the maybe the reason that the people we're speaking to is because they don't have enough grit, and that's the reason why they're being eliminated. Because obviously, Survivor players have more grit, and that's why they're lasting through this season. Not like Big Brother and Challenge Mess, who have no grit. Grit really like had a moment the last five years. People love yeah. grit. Um, I maybe because I would have. I am. I don't think I. I don't necessarily. I'm not going to say I have grit, but. I have more grit than the, than what I'm about to talk about. The the adjective or de- character description that jumped out to me at the beginning of this episode more was being called sunshine in human form. Yuck. Gross. Not Gross four thing. words that would never be used. Not human, not sunshine, never be used to describe me. <laughs> so what weather formation would be used to describe you? I'm going to be like, is drunk weather? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> just kidding. I don't, don't be done with. Um, I feel like that's like with the, with the summer showers, right? Where it's like, why is it like raining right now when it's like sunny? What about like, um, what's like when the barometer drops? Like, I just feel like a, like just like a cold front, like nothing really notable. You might not even notice is happening. It's like a little chilly. It's sort of inconvenient. Okay. I, you I named like, your dog Sunny, so I feel right. like that says a lot about what you think about your family. Yeah, that's true, I guess. He's the more sunny one. Oh, no, and Emily. I wouldn't say I'm more the sunny. I feel like I'm more the one that like, you don't notice the weather. I feel like you're the one that's like, oh, we got a, we got a fun day today. This is going to be like an interesting day. That's oh more God, your stop. vibe. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think the real, the real story is no one would ever report on either of us. So we <laughs> No press. Back to no press. Oh my god! Yeah, um, yeah. So we have uh, Tyler. I don't come back in the house. Um, Tori, the very funny scene here. I don't think he was trying to be funny, but so Tori's getting closer with Seabass, right? And Fessel, messy Fessy, has the gall in a confessional to say it's a little sloppy from Tori to be getting into a showmance here. This is not a good look for Tori, you know. Coming from Fessel, I don't get in the showmances. That's not a good look. What on earth was that? Brian, when I tell you <laughs> I was slapping my TV like I was Zoolander looking for the files in the computer. Like my TV certainly is broken because it could not possibly be Fessel saying Tori should know better than to do this. I mean, look, if he was because of you, be, she knows from you. <laughs> if, he was, if he was trying to be ironically funny, success. But I don't think he was, and that's what made it even funnier. Because it was your nickname is literally Messy Fessy for this reason. It unbelievably no self, uh, self, self. What the hell's the word? Self reliance? No, that's not it. Self. I know it, but I want to let you get there. <laughs> self self assurance? No. Self self. No. I, I don't. I, I, my my mind is a blank. I, I got that. Sounds like Delawareness. Self awareness. That's what I had the whole time. See, I had it the whole time. 
out of the clouds. Um, no, that was crazy. Uh, glad you clogged that too. Uh, but what was very interesting and maybe the start of the more strategic portion of the episode is this meeting between Michaela and Chris, who are both sort of kingpins in their own right of like the survivor group until, you know, like, I don't know how you've been tracking this, but I didn't really, I thought Chris was playing kind of a good game. We've seen him sort of work with the vets in the context of the blue team. We've seen him, you know, call out Monty and Tyler, but that sort of should really solidify mm-hmm. himself with the vets and the survivor Alliance. Michaela, we've definitely known where she's at, seen her with the secret garden and, you know, sort of working on things with Wes and bananas in different ways. So I was so stoked to see them. And then it's really an intervention with Chris about how he's messy and the survivor Alliance no longer really respects his gameplay. Yeah, It was very surprising to me as well. Cause yeah, it just seemed like they weren't, they weren't working against each other, Chris and Michaela, but they weren't working with each other. They just happened to be part of survivors. So I guess they would look out for each other, but Michaela had her secret garden. It seemed like Chris was, I guess because he was a little bit more intertwined with maybe some of the vets potentially that that made him a little wishy-washy. But I feel like, yeah, like you said, like he was I feel like he, drew the line in the sand going against big brother so it was it came out a little bit out of nowhere i mean it played out very clearly on this episode but it started seemingly coming out of nowhere this this narrative of chris being all over the place and spreading all these rumors and doing all these things it didn't seem like it was playing out like that on the show no definitely not although i don't think at any point we were like really clear where chris stood um and i liked this as a move from michaela i think it's an interesting play to do this in like the middle of the kitchen. We see conversations later happening in more like privacy. This was sort of out of the open. I think Michaela's perspective was I'm giving you a gift here by reaching across the table and saying, let's tighten up. Let's at one point she says something like, um, you know, like trust is we need to rebuild trust that has been broken for some reason. Like she's not like you effed up and I'm going to rescue you. She's like, some some unknown person, like for some reason that we can't identify, that's not necessary to identify here. Trust has been broken. Let's rebuild. At the same time, it doesn't seem to do anything. I think Chris is receiving this just from the one clip we saw kind of defensively. He's still sort of not laying his cards on the table. And I think he almost seemed like he didn't want to lie here or get caught. Like he wasn't willing to say, thank you so much. Whether or not he believed this, thank you for coming to me when you could have just voted me out behind my back, Mm -hmm. you're my priority. Survivor's my priority. I want to start right now showing that to you and then, you know, lie to her, whatever. But in defense of Chris, I think he was a little bit frank and bit here. And maybe that's because Mm. the show had to show us something in a very short amount of time that we haven't really seen. But when he says, I play with people that I like and I'm protecting survivor people that I like and Michaela expertly is like, well, who do you like? Do you like me? You know, whatever. Right. And he's like, I like some survivor people and I like a few vets. And then he goes, Corey, Fessel, Sebastian and Josh. And it was a little messy. Like I was like, there's no way Chris named those four as his top four looking Michaela dead in the face. Like that just isn't what happened. If that would be a truly wild move to say like yeah i only like some people and to not list you i that i caught that too that seemed a little odd um but i don't know maybe i mean it, it seemed like to play out that chris was pretty messy so maybe he would do something like that it didn't seem like he would but he was going around the house saying a lot of different names to a lot of different people it would be weird to not say at least michaela's name to her but maybe he did leave out at least a few of the other like secret garden people 
uh, audience, you know, watch it back. Let me know if you disagree. I just felt like it was messy. And like, Chris was maybe born a night, but not last night. Like even in the messiness, like what he gets caught on is telling different things to different people. Why would he not at least know enough to tell right. me? Like, he's not going up to Michelle and saying, I'm saying vote you in. Like right. that is so level one. Yeah. No, he's not. Although, you know what? He didn't really play Survivor that long. So maybe he doesn't even know how to do it. He played Survivor as an individual game the entire time. <laughs> That's true. It is wild how, like, we've seen plenty of people who stunk up the joint on Big Brother who come to the challenge and are better fit. Or, you know, we're good on Survivor and go home immediately on the challenge and all kinds of, like, flavors of that. It is a wild narrative that seems to be true. That Chris, the one thing he wants to escape is that like people think his social game sucks because he was voted out early and then won on physicality. And here he is. People are literally giving confessionals like Chris is an unbelievable player in all respects, except he cannot play a social game. Yeah. And look, again, I think we I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but it is it is very hard to take it seriously with all the, like the the somber flashbacks to him on the edge of extinction, trying to, you know, he has to, you know, grow the desire to like overcome this it's like you you won the game like you won a million dollars i can't i can't get behind this like sob story from him it's it's like a, a little bit of an overkill here at this point i'm also like slightly sympathetic to him because i feel like he's the only one whose like narrative from their original show is being pushed so heavily and I do think it's just the easiest one for like whether you watch survivor or didn't whether you've heard of survivor or haven't whether you know chris or don't it's just like the easiest thing they can say of like, I was voted out early and then I won and people don't think I deserve it. And that is just being like shoved down our throats. At the same time, I guess he's the only one with a story that like really aligns to the story they're telling now. Mm-hmm. But like we're not, we saw like one clip of Michelle like reflecting on her survivor win. Like they're yeah. kind of doing Chris dirty unless he just is only showing up and talking about that. I don't know why they're rerunning that tape so many times. I would love to know the Paramount Plus stats on like how how many people are now tuning in to Edge of Extinction. Is like Rick Devin's getting a big bump right now all of a sudden? Like, are people really uh, diving in to see how Chris's season played out? I would love to know. I mean, for a million dollars, I couldn't have told you that Devin's was on that season. Not because not as not a dig at Devin's, but just like in general of where my brain is at. I also have to be honest. I'm like ninety nine point nine percent sure that he was on that season, but there's a point one percent chance I'm wrong. But I'm almost caught. I'm nearly positive. Let's not check it. Put it in the comments. Um, we don't have comments. Let's get to the daily. Um, I have a lot to say about what was ultimately a very small d- daily. So, yes, this was uh, it was called d- 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 Speed Jumps. Got two two rounds. Um, first heat was jumping on a trampoline, looking out to uh, a numbers on a, on a board. You have to add them all up and write it down to TJ. And then the next heat is kind of doing similar on the trampoline but on the truck and you had to collect flags um i i really liked the daily i thought it was super fun i almost wish the entire daily was just the first part and just <laughs> that's it because that was like very old school like season six vibes of just like a super super basic thing but i even like the the truck of it all normally i don't you know it doesn't seem to be that good but that one seemed kind of fun so i was all in on this daily i really liked it I am begging myself not to ask you this and not get sidetracked and just simply respond and yet here I sit Season six, you pull that out of thin air is just like an early number, or do you know? Are you early specifically referenced? No. Okay, I was like, that's early number. Amazing. Okay, just an early number. Um, kudos to you for not gaslighting me and being like, "Yes, yeah, season six, they did this challenge." I would have been like, "Oh my god, yeah, of course." Um, 
okay, stage one, I was like, this is dumb, but it worked because it wasn't just the first six people to finish. Like people really struggled with this. Kudos to the challenge for adjusting for height. That is not a given. They don't always adjust for height with things like this. And I was like, that was kind of fun. Let's see what stage two brings. And I don't mind a multi-stage challenge to get rid of heat. But then when the trampoline on the semi-truck, which was presumably not adjusted for height, comes rolling in, I'm like, okay, don't insult me by making some bullshit qualifier that doesn't matter because you want to run this challenge with only six people and you don't like there will never be a point where there's only six people because that will already be the final. I just felt like it was so like unfair. Like it like it's just the two parts were so disjointed to me. Like mm-hmm. just having a trampoline didn't like carry enough of a through line. And I'm constantly on their nads about, you know, having something look cool like a a too small trampoline for people to not get injured in favor like but i did love the guy strapped down the cameraman that they kept showing accidentally (laughs) on the bed of the semi so i didn't hate it i liked it better than if we had watched all of them go on the big truck with the flags which we have seen that they're willing to do but i just thought like for for the competition's sake it's like disposing of three quarters of the group with a math problem because you want to get to the more exciting part was like, come on, come on. Yeah. I'd like for me. I, yeah. Like you said, if this could have easily the entire daily could have been the thing on the monster truck and we would have had to watch that play out like 20 times basically. So the fact that we, you know, only had to see it six times, uh, I'm for it. And honestly, yeah, like the, the adjusting for, I'll never get over TJ's thing. Yeah. And we adjusted for height. I never thought we would he- hear the day. We, see, we barely get adjusted for weight. So we get adjusted <laughs> for height. You love to see it. Like Veronica somewhere like pissed at her at, at the situation. Cause I feel like she had one where she was like hanging on some bar, jumping to some bar, and it was like certainly not adjusted. And you're sure you were screwed. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. But all right, so we like moving right along. I'm not like upset about it. Fessel dominates. Tori, you know, wins for the women. Fessel gets 18. The next highest person was nine. So he passed yeah. with nine. So kudos Dominated. to Fessel. Kudos to Tori for two back-to-back wins. A very Jordan-like talk- celebration, though, right? Afterwards that he had to do like the backflip on the trampoline. Very Jordan-like. Yeah, yeah. And he's also in the confessional being like, these idiots are like, not even say it. It's like, these guys aren't bounce like they're overexerting themselves like he gets kind of like a bananas west of like mm-hmm. watch my experience and but he but he performs so like have to give it up to him i want to talk about chanel chanel gets one flag and i think all this time we're being told that 
Tori views Chanel, Michaela, and Desi as her peers, her athletic peers. I want to say you and I have discussed this before, but like Chanel has really not been a standout in the challenges and she comes dead last here with one flag. Are are you going to, are you like predicting a shift that Tori is going to like unlatch from this idea that Chanel is a physical force or are we just like missing it on our side of the screen? It's it's very rare that you have someone that has like the perception of being good and that, in season, it shifts. I think people might, if uh, if she comes back to another season and like she flames out and doesn't like overcome, like that percent, like the, the new perception might stick. But if people are just talking about her being really good, and like here, I mean, she at least, I mean, it took no skill, but she made it to the final round here. Like, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. I I, I think there were, like her her perception is going to be Chanel's like very good at this. She can make she can win a daily. She can go far. She can win. And until she flames out horribly. Like, I don't think that's going to change. It's actually a really good point that perspectives don't really shift. Certainly not season long, but even when we've seen, you know, big trees fall hard in the final, there's still, those people are like able to come back and still be viewed as viewed as threats. Like really what somebody's first impression of you is, does tend to stick in this game. Um, like, I think people would still think Zach is like an extremely physical person. Fessel has had his like flame outs or like it's just people decide what you are and that's what you are. And even if people think you're weak and you win multiple eliminations, people will still be like, well, you look small. I'd like to go against you unless you're like Derek Kay and you have 20 years under your belt. Right. Right. It, it takes a lot of effort to, to ship things. Uh, no, that's that's a really good point. Um, I, it was interesting that we got the confessional of Desi kind of like shading her. I'm like, oh, Chanel did like, oh, worse than Michelle. Um, so we'll see how that develops, if at all. Um, we get this Chris FaceTime with his wife and adorable baby. I was like, ooh, Chris is going home. And I will say, I felt that way multiple times, like on the West episode. I'm really happy that that's not what's happening, that we're not just getting like one person spotlight who that who then is going to go home. Yeah, I mean, we had kind of had something similar with Cassidy earlier. We had a big spotlight on her and she didn't go home. So uh, it'll be interesting. Maybe they're setting them up to go actually far in the game. And like, these are some of the new people they're trying to give uh, really, you know, connection to give the audience connection to if they're going to maybe make a final or go very far. So maybe we have to start putting like a pin in that. Like if people get this backstory and then don't go home, I think almost at the rewrite the narrative, like, all right, well, they're not going home. So maybe actually now they're going really far. Uh, but I, I like lost the train of thought of Chris's confessional just because yeah, I think he just started quoting like a country song in the middle of his confessional. It's like, yeah, now me and my wife, we, uh, you know, we always talked about buying land, building a house, but not that house just also being a home. Like, I swear that is a lyric in like 15 different country songs. Well, spoken uh, like this from the guy who has talked about how he mows his lawn like more <laughs> I said anything. Else. Uh, big update on that. I very much stopped. And we have professional confidence. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The last time we discussed your lawn mowing with Emily was around my birthday. So between April and September. So I almost made it six months, like five, yeah. five months. Yeah, no, 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 no. I stopped in about a, a week and a half or two weeks after that. Yeah, no, we've been a professional since May coming in every week. So. <laughs> Summer is hot, you know? Maybe you'll get back to it in the fall. No, definitely not. <laughs> Okay, um, that's amazing. So the one thing that's kind of a downer about this episode, which I still like this episode, like it was a top half episode for me, but Fessel and Tori, sort of an underwhelming result for 
for what Fessel, for the reason Fessel is going to spell out, which is like, well, oh, Tori's never going to make a move. Like Tori's, you know exactly where Tori stands. You know exactly who her allies are. And Tori will never sort of deviate from that. So they go into this deliberation. They have to put Fessel's like, I'm going to protect Big Brother and Vets. She's like, I'm mm-hmm. going to protect Vets and Seabass and the strong women, the women I've determined are strong. And so it has to be Chris and Cassidy. My one thought on this, though, do you think Fessel was serious when he was like, if Tori, like, I oh, I want to do bananas here, but Tori's like the one, Tori won't let me do it. I, that felt very like, hold me back, coach. Like, I, I don't think he actually wanted to do it. I think he was trying to like gain favor from who he was talking to. Like, oh, I, I would have made the big move, but Tori's the one that's going to stop me. I don't think he actually wanted to like throw in bananas here. Since you have your whole notes in front of you, all the docs from all the episodes, remind me the little like faux pas that happened with Corey. Did Corey like already show some like cracks in the alliance with the vets well, early on? Very early on, Corey, like they could have had the numbers in one of the, the first weeks, but Corey flipped on them and voted in uh, bananas. And then that was when I think that was when bananas like did his whole like rampage through the house complaining and whining about wow how 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 is this happening um so i think he Corey did that and fessel's kind of been more playing the middle for this entire time so i do believe like yes i it definitely wouldn't be a simple decision from fessel and like could it just be like puffery whatever like i'm that's not what puffery means but i meant puffing (laughs) puffing your chest and being like i'm gonna take bananas out but uh, alas tori stands in my way Certainly, I believe that. But do I also think the the vets are going to go down? The only threat to bananas is Corey and Fessel. And then maybe they try to swing Josh and Josh is going to be one in the middle. I think that's possible because I think Fessel and Corey have always had sort of more of the strained relationship with those vets. And it's they all have different interests. Like the Tory side has more of an interest in the survivor camp. And the Corey Fessel side probably have more of an interest in the Big Brother camp. So I do mm-hmm. think we're cir- they're circling each other, um, but maybe not this week. Yeah, I mean, look, it's possible he would have done it. It just felt like a very convenient narrative for him that all oh, Tory would be the one to stop me from doing it. Because um, I do think Fessel has been in a very good spot. He's playing the middle. He, even like the Survivor Big Brother War, the Survivor people were never targeting him. He's got support of the Big Brother. He's got support of vets. Like it. It would it would feel a little like out of place from how he's played this season, and then all of a sudden just like throw his cards on the table and throw out and take a shot at bananas. But yeah, I mean, at some point you have to do it. So I guess this could have been the week, but it, it felt to me like it was for show. No, for sure. Also, because if if the person he's protecting is Chris, like Chris is just as much aligned with bananas as he is with Fessel, and I think everybody knows that. So it's like I'm certainly not going to move to protect a strong physical man who could just as easily work against me as with me. So like, it definitely doesn't seem like the time to make that move. Um, So, so I tend to agree there. Mm -hmm. Um, But as we begin to start trashing Chris, apparently with the rest of the house here, that like Chris is mad and Fessel's like, Hey, sorry, you know, gives the bare minimum. Like, sorry, uh, you know, Tori wouldn't say Sebastian. So here we are. Yep. What did Chris want from Fessel like I understand Chris being upset he's got a lot on the line whatever he's fighting for his family blah 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 everyone wants to be in the game but like truly especially from a survivor perspective 
you need to be thinking about like what's in the other person's best interest. Like I can't even think of another move Fessel could have made in this situation. So Chris can be like annoyed that he's going in, but I think his reaction to Fessel is misplaced. Yeah. I mean, I mean if anything, he should have just been more mad at Tori. Cause right. Cause if Fessel would have made the big move, like he obviously like wasn't going to throw in Tyler unless he wanted to burn like that complete bridge with his, uh, Big Brother 20 car part, but like that probably wasn't gonna happen. So and Tori was never gonna do Seabass. So the other men would have all been like the vet types, and that wasn't gonna happen. So based off what Fassel said about Tori. So he should have been more mad at Tori for like holding up the bridge of throwing in a bananas or OS or a Corey. Yeah, but he's put himself in a tough spot because he's trying to align with everyone. So right. I guess, yeah, the only person he's not aligned with that would be up for the vote is Tyler and Fessel has the big brother Alliance and survivor has a much more threatening amount of numbers. So like mm-hmm. if you're thinking two, three steps down the line, like Michaela says she's good at doing. And I think she is, if Chris was able to do that, he might've said like, I don't want to necessarily target all of these big brother numbers down to like zero because then I'm a bigger threat. My threat increases. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. he got got. You know, like sometimes the, the winning you're back in the core, whoever wins is whoever wins is just going to go after you. And that was just like, there was no, there was no out here for Chris. He could have just, the move would have been just again. I think what he tried to do was like really just sway like the votes to either get who you want to go up against or try to make it a girl's day, but going after a festival for doing like, what, what he had to do was it the, the right place right and especially if you know this game at all and you're seeing sort of like the vets are maybe gonna like if you can survive long enough you become less of a threat as somebody who gets keeps getting sent in and the and the vets maybe hopefully have to turn against each other if they want to win and you can shift their focus later in the game so like he needs to come back here and be like Fessel I completely understand you were in a tough spot like hopefully next time you'll end up in power with somebody who's not Tory and we're good like, to, to, like Fessel has no reason to not keep sending in Chris after like he's made it clear the bridge is burned. And even from Cassidy's perspective, like we only really hear from Tori that she's like, oh, that bridge is burned with Cassidy. I don't know that we really saw that, but that would mm-hmm. definitely be the wrong play if that's the impression the nominees are giving. It does seem like Cassidy needs to do something of like reshape being her narrative because she does seem very disposable by a lot of different people. So I don't know like what the the play is almost I almost feel like she should just like try to like go double down with the vets and just try to like dive in with them because it certainly doesn't seem like like the survivor girls seem very tight and they very much view Cassidy as like the last person in so I, I think she almost needs to like at this point turn on them because like they're not going to protect her when push comes to shove and maybe like the vets are looking for people like maybe go with them yeah, like Ala and Angela Alyssa won in season one here of well, let me go go to the survivor guys and they have a vested interest in keeping strength. Now, again, the narrative is that Cassidy is not strong. I don't know, whatever, <laughs> like what, right. whatever Tori thinks. Um, but yeah, I think if she could go make amends with Wes, like that's a narrative Wes would really probably align with of like, oh, no one will think we're working together. <laughs> like, totally. what are the odds? Yeah. Like, what a story. Like he kind of yeah. goes for that kind of dramatic situation but from Cassie's perspective and maybe it's a huge kudos to Desi and Michelle and the rest of the survivor women that they have somehow made Cassidy feel like oh duh we're survivor strong that's a sufficient alliance when really everybody else has their hand in another pot except for her yeah it almost feels like the only way out I feel like Cassidy's gonna gonna be an elimination very soon and she probably needs to take out one of the, the survivor girls that 
um, they're targeting, and then maybe she like slide into that place of replacing them in the in elimination. Um, I want to shout out Elizabetta, who is the only person working harder than I was to find out where this nightclub was. I still don't know, but Elizabetta did write to us uh, that she's still working on it, but it should be located in Porek, Croatia. I did another little searchy search. I found a restaurant, but I did not find an interior that looked similar. Elizabetta mm. thinks it's in a hotel. You know, hopefully we'll both continue. Our I was like so deep. I was on TripAdvisor and I was like, hold on. I don't need to be doing this. Walk away. Walk away from the computer. Touch grass, as uh, Rob would say. <laughs> I don't love that. No, I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to touch grass. Yeah, don't go outside. Yeah. I, I uh, need to talk about Seabass. Please, because yes, that wild. You go ahead. You go ahead. I was going to say, I feel like Seabass just like entered the game this week and they didn't know anything that happened the first five weeks because he proposes to Tori, who has been, of all like the people of the vets, I think the most proponent of keeping all the vets together of let's go after Corey. I don't know what on earth they've been chatting about on their date nights that would let Sebastian think Tori would want to do this. It's like from the people who brought you, I nominated a couple and then stayed home with my boyfriend comes. I was only saved this week because of my relationship with a veteran woman and I'm going to now target a veteran man. (laughs) It it's baffling. And I love that Tori's like, what on earth are you talking about? Dude, like, shut up. You can't go start spreading that through the house. And sure enough, it spreads through the house. Okay, but here's my question. Has Sebastian never seen a single episode of this show painting Cordy as quote the big guy and the biggest physical dude in the house and the biggest threat? Or is there some credit to be doled out to Sebastian mm-hmm. and that he knows he can't target bananas and that Tori will never go for that. And Fessel is currently safe. So Corey having sort of already hurt the vets, like he is as a challenge fan, he probably is the person I would be able to suggest to bananas and Tori of like, let's get some other experience out of the house. He's not really like confidently working with us. We'll still have the numbers. He could kind of fall to the big brother side. Let's go for him. I think you could absolutely spin that story to a couple people, a couple <laughs> vets that would do that. Tori is absolute. Tori, I think, I think the, the answer is no, he's never seen the show because Tori, <laughs> the reason why people are like the audience don't like Tori is that she is annoyingly so loyal to the people that she is close to to the point where it takes away from good TV. So there is no chance Tori would go on board with this. If he was making this pitch to a Wes or to a Bananas of like some other circumstance, they would potentially be on board. I don't think they would do it. It was the way the season has played out. I don't think they really want to go after that at this point either. But they would be of the mind that maybe they would do it. Tori would never do this. If if Corey. So last week when we saw this like preview, I thought Sebastian was going to be targeting bananas because nobody would call Corey the big one, except I guess physically he thinks he's bigger, literally bigger if we got a measuring tape out. But like, not that Corey is not an athlete and not a formidable opponent, but just like if you're talking about the threat level of the male veterans, Corey's probably at number four of four. I mean, I'm totally. not including Josh in that, but like a Fessel, Wes, and Bananas. And with a fair gap, I feel like, in those to get to the four. So it's just like, 
it is, but maybe it's like idiot savant. Like it is the right person, but probably the wrong time. And if I'm bananas and Wes, I'd probably even rather go against a Corey than even maybe a Chris in certain challenges, certainly in this week's challenge. So like the elimination. Mm -hmm. So it just, uh, yeah, not not good from from Sebastian, but good from an entertainment perspective. We love to see that. Oh, sure. We love to see people make stupid decisions. Stupid decisions make great television. So keep it coming. All right. So speaking of stupid decisions, uh, we get like a beautiful montage of all of the promises and all of the pitches that Chris has made. And Michaela and Cassidy, I I love the editing perspective of this, of like, it's one conversation from Michaela and Cassidy, and then all of the flashbacks of Chris's pitch to Michaela being on more valuable in the dailies. I can give us a chance to win. So let's make it a girl's day. Mm -hmm. Chris apparently tells Corey, vote for Michaela or Chanel. Chris tells Cassidy to target Michelle. Like, what should Chris have done in this spot? Chris should have just went all in pushing to get Tyler to go in. I think that's like she he should have made the pitch the survivor, the survivor girls being like, let's make it a guy's day. Let's keep all you safe, but let's keep our survivor numbers and let's just all jump on the Tyler. And like you're going to like Chris's some of the votes are not going to go the way Chris wants, but the way the hopper works, just play the odds and like not be come across as so shady. Just like pitch the survivor girls. Let's keep you all safe. Keep Cassidy safe. Everyone votes for Tyler. And let me just knock out another big brother person. That's the clearest day move that he should have been pitching. So here's what I don't love about that is I think that Tyler, Chris has like a 50, 50 shot at best to beat Tyler, particularly when Tyler has already been tested in the elimination. Like, well, Chris has too, I guess. Right. Chris went in. I I just think like, it's such a more even matchup against Tyler than even against Sebastian. And so I agree that in like longevity, like Chris would be in a much better position if he put his neck out, showed goodwill with the girls, was upfront and transparent and took out Tyler. But I almost think the bridges are already so burned with him that even if he did that, I don't think he's coming back to like the most welcoming, Mm -hmm. trusting house. And so I think you either pitch Alyssa too, for sort of the same reason as, Tyler pitched himself to go in last week of like, we need me and Cassidy to stay here and Cassidy will wipe the floor with Alyssa too, whether or not that's true. But like, that's the best shot of us both staying and getting rid of a big brother number that probably wouldn't have worked, but at least you're not in this shit storm of like, you targeted your own people or when you get word that Seabass is telling people that you're targeting Corey Call Sebastian out, make a scene and say, I want to see somebody. You want a survivor and survivor. Give me Sebastian because I think you have a better, I, obviously it's results oriented, but I think yeah. he probably was 75, 25 to beat Sebastian and just anything. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I didn't think the gap between Sebastian and Tyler was larger than the gap of like the social capital he could have tried to redeem because especially if he's like goes to Michaela like Michaela opened that olive branch to him and goes to Michaela and be like look I hear what you said I agree let's keep Survivor strong push I want you to push the numbers on Tyler I want to work with you like this is this is me doing the olive branch this is me listening to you putting in the work like I want to work with you guys let's let's push in Tyler I don't think the gap of going against Tyler is so much so worse than it is going against CBS that it wouldn't be worth doing that yeah, and who can say, right? It's hard, right? it's hard to say. I just think, like, 
almost when something like this happens, as much as we were talking about like Chanel's reputation for physicality, when you're labeled a rat, particularly in the one season, you know, Wes is someone who's like chomping at the bit to work with the rat. And I think that's smart of Wes. But I do think like he will easily be a vote that people can throw in at any time. And no matter what he tries to redeem himself, they don't need like if it doesn't work for their game, they won't care. Yeah. Very fun edit for Michelle this episode. I feel like this has been such a contrary to like what we've seen of her old like not kind of because she's had some frantic moments, but like previously she's very been like very frantic. Doesn't know what to do with power. She's really had like a good almost mastermind-ish edit, especially this episode where it's like, oh, someone's saying my name? No, you don't say my name. I get you before you say my name. Like, she got to have that level of confessional, and like, it's a very new spot for her, and it's like a very fun role that she's able to play this season. See, that's so interesting. That, like, I, I definitely think this is her best season in terms of, like, being in the social majority right now, up until now, like, and having multiple alliances. I didn't get that. Like, that didn't that wasn't my takeaway that like mm. Michelle is like really controlling the narrative because like all it really, but like, I guess to your point, like she, people didn't go with it, but it's like, again, okay, her versus Chris, like she definitely has the upper hand. Yeah. And Michelle, like, I mean, I think it was, it was, I think that's talked to a couple of weeks ago. Like Michelle hasn't gotten like a hopper vote in like a month and a half. So it's been like a long time that Michelle has been like just very, very safe. Yeah, which is definitely not her norm. So this is, you know, this is her best season probably in terms of her positioning in the game. Totally. Um, All right, let's get to the votes. Sebastian puts up six votes, Tyler five, Alyssa S or Alyssa two with one and Bananas with one. Um, It it really is, we've talked about this, like Sebastian is in with Tori, but the other vets don't embrace Sebastian as a number. No, they don't. It's it. I mean, they did the same thing with Dusty too. Like Dusty would have like jumped on like every single sword for all of them, but they didn't really embrace him either. Um, I, I guess they just don't value, like they don't value votes the same this season because they're they actually aren't as valuable. Like if Sebastian and Dusty put them over the top for a majority, it's a much different thing than just an extra ball in the hopper, which of course could make all the difference, but it's not as valuable as like putting you in the majority for a vote. No, that's a really good point. And I think when it comes to Tyler and Sebastian, they're not really thinking of them as like individual people who could sort of like vote with or vote against them. They're voting party line. I mean, we haven't seen the votes, but I feel like they're voting like whether they feel they want to chop, take a hit at Survivor or they want to take a hit at Big Brother and like who those people are more closely associated with. Um, but Sebastian goes in. I-, I need TJ to stop doing the like, I told you it only takes one vote. Right. He's doing that every week and it never right. pays off. I did appreciate them at least, you know, Tinfoil has to be put away. They show they I guess they could just like film this a lot of times, but they did do the <laughs> cutback of showing the Sebastian ball coming out of the hopper. I appreciate that. Tinfoil hats, uh, toss them aside. <laughs> yeah, that's something. Um, no, but let's talk about the challenge because I, I, before Sebastian even said it, I was like, oh my God, this is TikTok. And then Sebastian was like, this is TikTok. Yeah, no, it's a dude perfect game. It's like also like sort of mousetrappy like the board game. So very, like, I don't know. Like, I think Bananas even said it. Like, I don't know who's coming up with this stuff, but very fun type of game. Very like anyone can win it. Like, if there was a, any shot they wanted to like, try to take a shot at the massive player, this would have been it because this could have been the week to knock him out. But it's basically you have to arrange in two different rounds to arrange some cans and drop a ball and bounce, bounce, bounce into a bucket because it has to have a ball in any type of elimination. That's like the bylaws of this season. So you have to you know, do a couple trick shots. 
it feels very big brother and not very. in a bad way. Like I feel like big brother should use this challenge. Um, I liked the, the little clip and I feel like we've been feeling this way this season, but like, I like the little clip of bananas being like, everyone thinks I'm just automatically good at this challenge stuff, but like they keep coming up with new things. Like this is new. This is different. Mm -hmm. Uh, this would be interesting for me to do. So I, I liked it. I don't really have a ton of complaints except for Sebastian saying, I'm going to go home and have a glass of wine and give Tori a kiss on the lips. Like disgusting, disgusting. I, I I've I've never been more grossed out by a description of a kiss before in my life. I audibly gagged when he said kiss on the lips. Like that just sound I, I don't know what it was. It just sounded horrific. It's giving like parental like I feel like it's very like do you give a kiss on the lip? Like it's it's really gross. Um did not like it. Disrespectfully, I did not like it. Um and and I have to say I was so deeply rooting for Chris. I was so worried he was going to go out. I think Sebastian staying while he kind of proved it might be interesting with this episode of like going Tory versus the vets, but I'm interested to see Chris come back in the house next week and maybe it'll be a, like a big flop and he'll just go in again. But I, I, I was, I was happy he won. Yeah. I think Chris is, it's fun to have like a, a group villain, especially in a season like this where you, definitely can't just make him go in every time so i think it'll be kind of a lot of fun to see like who scoops him up i think wes has hinted that he would like to maybe like wes cassidy and chris all of a sudden come together that could be a fun little chaotic trio of people that are like cast off so i think there is a lot more that brings to it than sebastian and tori doing their little date night so uh, i'm I'm all for that also if, if tj was born in a different you know decade Send TJ to like a hype house. Like when he's like, that's so sick. When like the ball goes in. Like, yeah, it was sick. Like <laughs> he would a hundred percent be like one of six dudes playing wavelength in LA or whatever yeah. they're doing. That's like, like TJ still has that mind of a kid. Like he loves doing all like the trick shots, all like the, like the, you know, it's all that stuff. You know, it's a lot of fun. And I, not a lot to get hyped about. I wasn't like, oh my God, they almost got it. It's like, I mean, this is what they're trying to do. It wasn't like crispy and like gathering everyone, be like, guys, look what I'm gonna like. I'm gonna build like a contraption and get this like trick shot. It's like they're literally doing what you told them to do. So, like, when they do it, you can't be like in awe of them doing it. It's also like, not that it's not hard because I would be there, I'd still be there, but like, no, I don't think trick it's hard. No, we would have figured it out pretty quickly. It's not that difficult. I, I mean, the trick shot in in TikTok takes like 36 hours. People are like getting a playing card through like a tiny slot right. and then a dart goes through it. And it's like, they show you reveal. We've been doing this for five days. No, this is like bouncing a ball in like three cans that like are angled perfectly that could drop in like a larger can. Like of all, like many, 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 many things they do on the show. I know I would fail miserably. I can say decently confidently. I could do this one. And I'm proud I didn't of know where you were going with that. You're like many, many, many things I could crush. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, Honestly, the whole I, day though, this whole episode, I could, I could drop on a trampoline and add numbers. So I could, I could have, I could have been dominated this day. This would be great. I couldn't have even been the guy laying down filming. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have, I don't know the current status of Sebastian and Tori's flirtation, but I have never seen a woman give a friendlier hug to a man than Tori did in her sign off to teach, uh, to Sebastian. But when they do a little pop kiss, like there is nothing more humiliating to me than kissing in front of TJ when you're not like in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like that was disturbing to me. <laughs> Very disturbing. 
not great. But I mean, look, Sebastian, it's it's crazy. We live in a world where Sebastian was like so dangerously close to winning both the challenge and survivor, like just like an inch away from winning both. <laughs> almost got it. Almost got it. All right. Um, being that we're an inch away from the end of this episode, I want to say, I want to make an appeal to the audience. Ooh. We, we've been having a lot of fun. I've been having a lot of fun this season. I now have a microphone. Listen to me. I didn't want to sort of make a big appeal to this because I didn't want to hear about my bad audio quality. I know that's not the reason, but now that I have a microphone, I want to address the elephant in the room, which is that we've gotten no reviews since the season has begun. Zero. Pup kiss. None. None. No reaction not- from Ryan. No, the problem is, I don't know what he wants, but Sam Moore is calling me during this like freaking podcast. And it's, Answer it. He... Answer it, coward. Answer the call. Yeah, I can't. I already listened He's to like, the voice He's like, please. I was right, so worried well. because it's like the call was popping up on my Mac. I'm like, is this going to like throw off the recording? Sam Moore, come on. Sam, you should be asleep. Get to bed. Anyway. Um, all right. If you want to tell us you're listening. Again, it was like the drunk uncle reference. We didn't hear anything about it. It's crickets. It's crickets out there. If you are listening, this is supposed to be our big show. People are supposed to be here. If you're new, if you're new to the podcast particularly, and you like this soothing, amazing audio quality and mild takes, medium rare takes, please uh, go to, what is it? Robiswebsite.com slash challenge feed and review us. I still don't know if people can review on Spotify. So like maybe there's a million reviews there and I haven't seen them. Yeah. No, the, I, I mean, I checked. Uh, I haven't checked. Uh, I mean, I've checked. I don't check Spotify. I can't speak. I have not been able to check Spotify. I have checked the iTunes one and I don't see anything either. So need those reviews, people. Anyway, that's it. Signing off. All right. So, as you were said, robbersoverset.com slash challenge feed. You can also subscribe there. You can follow me on Twitter and TikTok. Cohen Brian underscore. You can follow you. Follow me at Lash Tweets. And uh, NGOG will be returning hopefully next week. Again, we're on Yadis. Uh, Kiva uh, handling some stuff so uh, we, we will be back though we have not forgotten looking forward to it looking forward to it alright <laughs> we'll be back next week for episode 10 until then have a good one